welcome to this week's Lo-Fi Top 5 with JT, who has great, great, great movie taste and uh, comes from the best generation, and Jeremy, who's from another generation. Right, Jer? This is not what we discussed at all. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking at the notes here, sir, and I don't recall any of such, uh, such propaganda. Ah, uh, notes, schmotes, I do what I want. <laughs> well, I'm putting an asterisk on the whole episode then, sir. It's like, I see what you're doing, though. You're trying to be, you're trying to play like, you're maybe like you're a bad guy to me, and you're maybe like a funny one. I get where you're going with that. I know. I, yeah, I'm so happy you're picking up what I'm putting down. That literally was what I was trying to do, because this is the top five funniest movie villains episode, which I'm very excited to hear how it went making your list, my friend. Well, it started pretty awful, if I'm going to be candid, because I, I was one of those categories where we were doing our kind of early prep. I immediately had like two. And they were obvious to me. It's like, okay, if I've got two in a, in a blink of an eye, this list is going to grow to like 100, and then I'm going to have trouble culling it down. It's going to be fun. I'm going to pick some great movies. And then I kind of got stumped at around three for a little while. And then again, I sort of turned a corner by, you know, playing with the rules a bit. Okay. How about you? <laughs> well, uh, did you watch In Living Color? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to make an In Living Color reference that I can't believe I've never made on this particular podcast before. Do you remember Men on Films? I don't. I'm remembering. I, I'm, it's like coming back in and I'm like, homie, don't okay. play that. Uh, Fire, Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. So Men on Films was Damon Waynes and David Allen Greer, and they were two men who did movie reviews, and they would do two snaps and a twist, and occasionally yeah. they would hated it. Yes. I hated it this week. <laughs> but you just made up for it so much by having that poll, because that was a great <laughs> Thanks. Uh, dude, honest to God, same thing. You said last week, you said that you said this category. I'm like, dope. Two people jumped to mind. I'm like, this is going to be fun. It'll be super easy. And then every day, I just kept thinking, literally three nights, sitting downstairs with my laptop on my lap going, oh, I just couldn't get anybody. with. And we'll talk about why. But it was just hard to, it was like hard to get the right kind of movies. Right. Because villain is like, there's like villain, villain. And then there's like, kids and comedy villains which are kind of villains but like i don't know it felt like a layup i don't know i'm interested to see where yours went mine went in a bunch of very weird places well i'll just i'll just say straight up like i found a bit of a i don't want to go loophole per se but it depends where you take that word villain if you play with it a little and maybe tone it down a bit in your head as you think about it to be a little bit more just sort of antagonist okay and a little All less right. villain it's a little easier <laughs> that way. Just a little bit. Totally makes sense. All right. But uh, before we get into anything else, uh, do you have a spreadsheet this week? And do you have a rubric for said spreadsheet? I do. Funny enough, it was much, much harder making the spreadsheet than even making the list. The, uh, <laughs> I almost went for the but, – but then I felt like I couldn't do it to you, JT. I couldn't go two, two episodes in a short period of time, both not contributing to the dominance of Microsoft Excel. I appreciate that because I don't know if I could have taken it. All right. Well, here we go. So movie, as always, 
I, you know, this is one I flip flop depending on what kind of category we're doing, but I do actor instead of the rest of the cast. I probably should have had just a rest of cast category. Would have given me, given me an extra column, you know? You do I'm love sure. a good column. I'm low on columns. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a screen time because I think there were, I found some characters that I thought were really great. And, and actually, there's one in particular that fit the bill perfectly, but their screen time's really low. And so okay. they'll be showing up in Pong when we get there, but it, it just couldn't make that top list. Then I had a fun one, which is sort of laugh at versus laugh with. Okay. That yep. is also part of the trick that opened up the category for me. Once I decided that they could be funny laughing at you instead of with you, then, then that opens some new, new folks. And then I have two more. One is, do I recall lolling? In other words, <laughs> can I get back to that first time seeing it? Like, can I channel that memory and say, did I actually like laugh at something that this guy said or gal said? And then finally is, would I see them if they were doing a stand-up routine? Oh, what an interesting take that I definitely didn't think about at all. And there's the one. For the week. Yep. Which is the secret goal of the spreadsheet, JT, is is not to actually spend time in Excel, which I don't love doing, nor talking about spreadsheets on podcasts, which which I have mildly more fun doing, but to get a category in there that's going to make you be like, oh, that's a good one. That's my favorite part. Yeah, that's a really good one. And now I'm looking at my list and it's making me feel worse, but that's okay. That is oh. Okay. I'm okay with it. Uh, all right. With that, we should move into the Shawshank. So for those of you who don't remember, Shawshank is the most rewatchable movie of all time. Uh, every week we try to pick, is there one that's just like a category definer? Uh, so do you have a Shawshank for funniest movie villain or antagonist as it may be? Oh, I do. Mm, and yourself? Interested. I have one and I will bet you good money. It's not the same one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, my little notes say that you're up first for everything this week, so dish it, buddy. Okay, uh, I will give you, so July of 2008 with an 84 on Metacritic, and my five words will be, how about a magic trick? I'll give you, I accept this, as, well, I got to talk about the Shawshank, but I believe what you're talking about is someone who also might say, I enjoy dynamite, gunpowder, gasoline. Yep. Nice. Yes. So the movie is uh, Dark Knight and the character is the Joker by Heath Ledger. Yes. And the reason that I think this is Shawshank is because not only was he funny and also one of the best villains of all time, but basically any villain list that he even remotely can be on, I think this performance by Heath Ledger is immediately just out of contention. Don't need to talk about how great it is. Uh, if we were doing straight up pure villains, he's definitely in that. He's definitely Shawshankable. I don't know if I, I ooh, that's actually, that that's a tricky one. Is he actually funny? You know, um, I'm going to have to go in real time here. I think I'm going to accept it. I think the performance was outstanding. He really was. I mean, everything he did was funny in some way and, and really in a different way, like a very twisted kind of funny. Like I was looking up his quotes for, for, for prepping for Pong and, and the whole routine with the pencil. Like, yeah. All of it is incredible, but also like just little things that he did, which have been very, like when he's walking out of the hospital and the bomb's not going off, there's all these little moments that Heath Ledger made hilarious, even though this dude is 
a horrible dude. So for me, and like any chance that you get to hold him up on a pedestal for this performance, I think I'm just going to. Yeah, that's fair. It, it's tricky. I think I'm probably having and hawing with it more because of all of the surroundingness of of Heath Ledger, right? I think totally fair. If if none of those, uh, if he were still with us today, I don't know. Would we talk about that performance as much? I don't know. Probably because it really was great. I think we would. I, I like. I think that's a totally fair question. But in this particular instance, I think we would. All right. Here's mine for you. 1997. Metacritic score of 82, which I'm just going to say is much higher than I thought it would be for this movie. And as they will be getting a ongoing but not 100% perfect theme for the five words of, the, of, of all of today's entries. Eat a peach for hours. Eat a peach for hours. 1997. Eat a peach for hours. Uh, nothing's coming to mind, if I'm being honest. Well, then I'm just going to say what it is. Please. This is the performance. The character is Caster Troy. The movie oh, is God. Face Off. And basically, it's sort of in that unintentional comedy arena where we know he's trying to be the over-the-top guy, but he's so ridiculous, especially if you look back on this movie. Like, every time Nick Cage is... I mean, he's fully caging out as Caster oh, Troy. All time. movie. Yeah, so this is interesting. This goes back to the laugh at versus laugh with. So I thought of this and immediately passed it because I was like, I'm laughing at Nicolas Cage, but I'm not like I'm not in it with the character. Like the character's absurd. Uh, but I listen, full caging out, I, I'm okay with accepting this. Uh yeah, I'll accept it. I'll take it. Sure, why okay. not? All right. Let's play on. <laughs> Uh, so that means uh, we'll move on to Alpha Deus, which is uh, the category where if we've talked about the movie a lot, we don't want to talk about it anymore, but we do have somebody. Do you have an Alpha Deus this week, Jer? Not this week, sir. Not this week. Okay. All right. I have one, uh, which I'm not going to even do the game because you have not seen this movie before. So it is Gus from The Ref. The five words I was going to say is bringing family together through burglary. This is Dennis Leary at his absolute best. He is genuinely hysterical in this. He would have been my top five, but I've talked about the ref like three times, so I'm good. Fair enough. Only correction for you, buddy. I've seen the ref. I've seen oh, that you did see ref. it. For some reason, I thought you hadn't. No, it, uh, there, there's this is fully in that when when I was working in a video store kind of movie. So I saw uh, got it. I saw it more times than I should have. I love that movie, and I love his character, and he's hysterical. So yeah. I think Dennis Leary deserves still. I think we talked about this last time, and since it's Alpha Deus, we're not going to talk longer. But Dennis Leary's great. I'd love to see him in more stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think that means that we move right into our top five, and it is my turn to go. It is. So I'm going to jump right in July 9th, 2003, with a 63% on Metacritic. All righty. 2003. Gotcha. Uh, I'll give you. Jonathan Price and Zoe Saldana. Love Jonathan Price. That's a young Zoe Saldana. Sure is. That's pre-Star Trek. And Jonathan Price, I don't think, is in the Star Trek. All right. Yeah, 2000. Okay, so the five words are scallywag, mutant ear, eventual apple eater. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with this five words. I think this is Pirates of the Caribbean. 
It is. It is indeed. And you're picking Jeffrey Rush's character? I am picking Captain Barbosa, indeed. All right, go on. I like this pick. I, I, I had considered it briefly, and what I, I struggled with trying to remember how funny he actually was, because what's his name? Uh, Sparrow takes steals the whole show. Right. That's a good point. All right, cool. let's hear it. Let's hear your thoughts. So here's the deal, right? So I, first of all, Jeffrey Rush absolutely nailed this performance. There's a really funny like trivia piece about this, which is that he believes that people uh, watch movies the same way that they read books, left to right. So he would position himself on the left side of the screen as often as possible, specifically against Kira Knightley and the monkey, because he knew he would never draw attention away from either of those two, which is just like a very neurotic actor thing that makes me laugh. That's great. I had no idea. <laughs> Uh, another thing I learned is that Barbosa is actually from the Turkish pirate uh, Barbarossa, which is basically Redbeard. So that was cool. I'm like, oh, that's like cool pirate trivia because I don't know anything about pirate trivia. But specifically why he's on my list. Dude, in, a, in basically a movie that is filled with people who are stealing scenes from each other. Like this is a scene, like a scene stealing movie. Everybody's just like, everybody in this is extraordinarily one-uppy. The fact that he stood out as well as he did, I thought was Incredible. And the reason is because of how quick witted he was. Mm. I love one liners and I love people that lean into their weirdness and their situations. And his entire sort of like, I don't know, his whole like or ordeal and mantra is like unapologetically sharp and clever and playful. Even when things are horrible happening to him, he always has like a little bit of a wit about him. And it's like this just playfulness that I think Jeffrey Rush was amazing in doing and also playfulness while being horrible, which to me was a centering theme of this category was, am I laughing aware that you're evil, not laughing that you're evil or laughing that you don't know you're bad. I really liked, I found myself leaning into people where they were fully aware of how bad they were. And I was laughing anyway, which made, I don't know. It's like a self-recognition thing that I just wound up really appreciating. So I don't have a ton like he his his screen time was really good. I do think he'd be a good storyteller. I'd love to see him do like a tight five at, at the cellar. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> like he'd probably have some good stories, but mostly it was like him being a bad guy and being a funny bad guy with great intention made me think of Barbosa very quickly. I, I think that's a really fun pick. I really liked your observation. I had never thought of it before. And I, I know the next time I watch the movie, I won't be able to not think of it is watching the cast one-up each other. It is scene-stealing the whole way through, isn't it? I could, I The can, like, whole franchise. Yeah, I could sort of picture it in retrospect, but now I want to watch for it because I'm sure it'll sort of change change my viewing. Yeah, I don't remember there's, I don't remember the specific scene, but I remember watching a scene in like the second or third one and going, oh my God, like everybody in this is just trying to get, like it's almost like I think about like when they film uh, like Parks and Rec or The Office where those cameras really were documentarians, like they kind of had some free reign in Mike Shore stuff. I feel like if they were doing that on these sets, it was literally just everyone trying to find a moment where the camera would have had to go tight on what what they were doing. That's what all of these movies feel like to me. That's about right. That's about right. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I, I remember, especially going back to it, this was Orlando Bloom's sort of next big role after Lord of the Rings. And yeah. I wonder how much he was trying to be like, I'm no longer one of these nine fellowship folks. I'm, I'm Now I'm down to one of these four pirate folks. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, I like that pick. Now, I... 
I wasn't going to do it in this order, but the first one is what I think is my favorite pick of my list. Uh, so, and the one that if you don't have it, I, I'm, I think I'm going to get one of those. Ah, uh, how'd I forget that? And so okay. maybe you have it, which, which, which would be, which would be great for us, but you know, I like those moments too. So Fair here enough. we go. June 30th, 1999 Metacritic score of 73 on the spreadsheet, a 72, which has no correlation to Metacritic. Whatsoever. In fact, I, I forgot to mention that the low of the week is a 40 and the high is a 72. So number okay. one per the spreadsheet. So this is June 30th. 1999, Metacritic 73. All right. Can you give me any actors? Oh, I'll give you... I'll give you four actors. George Clooney. Mini Driver. You know what this is? is, So it depends on who you're picking. Did you either you picked Satan or Saddam Hussein from South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut? It's Satan. (laughs) I almost was going to pick both as two entries. So I want I want you to do Satan, but I want you to know that Saddam Hussein was was my first pick. And then got moved out of my top five because I was like, he's such a bad guy in real life. And I never thought to choose Satan until you just said this. And now I am a little bummed out. So you do get you. you I don't know why that it's funny because even my I, he's in my pond. Oh, this is this is fun. All right. Go ahead. Why is Satan funny? Well, first I got the five words, which is the R rated movie triggers potential apocalypse. OK, great. What did, what did you have for Saddam? Uh, for Saddam, I had takes lover, takes over, fails. Nice, nice. I like that. Look, this is the this is the. I mean, first of all, it's definitely the funniest Satan we've ever seen in a movie. I think I haven't seen all the movies, but I'm willing to say this is the funniest (laughs) Satan in all the movies. Uh, I'll go out on that limb. Yeah, and I mean, I probably include every nationality's local movies as well. Like, you're not going to get a Satan like the South Park Satan. Nope. No. He sings and dances. <laughs> He's depressed. His lover is Saddam Hussein. Yeah. He's so comically ridiculous physically. And the voice they give him just like is the perfect, I don't know, not foil, whatever it is. It's just the perfect balance to everything else. He's got this like gnarly, gritty voice talking like i don't know it's as if he's like hugh grant in a melodramatic role of some kind (laughs) and then singing you know he could be up there with like you could picture him doing a duet with nathan lane Mm -hmm. It, it hits every beat uh, this is hysterical and a great pick. And I'm I'm finding out in real time that the reason that I went Saddam and I genuinely like this is not a bit. I've never it never crossed my mind that Satan could have been the villain here because I actually look at him as someone who's taken advantage of the entire film because of how evil Saddam is. So I actually had him not as the antagonist. Like I had him as like somebody else, which is so weird. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it's true, right? Like the reality of the movie is Saddam is the actual actual bad guy i mean of this movie that like villain it's it's so irrelevant right if we were going to be strict on the books that yes saddam is the actual bad guy and satan was as his unwitting 
<laughs> he accidentally was about to destroy the planet. I don't know. It's 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 whatever it is. It's just I think comic gold. It's the perfect thing. Like there's a whole thing on comedy of like you do the exact opposite of what the character. Like this is that. So yeah. No, it's a brilliant pick. Absolutely love this pick. Great pick. Thanks, buddy. All right. My next one is October 15th, 1999 with a 66% on the Metacritic. October 1999 with a 66. Okay, go on. I'll give you Zach Grenier and Meatloaf. Oh, this is interesting. I had this for a while. Is this Tyler Durden? It is. So I want to give you my five words, though, because I was very, very proud of this. Yeah. A pugnant imaginary individual incites insurrection. Ooh. Isn't that strong? Ooh. I like that. I think that's one of my best, like, five words ever. That's pretty that good. One, I got to can use I get that one more time. Sure. A pugnant imaginary individual incites insurrection. Nice alliteration. I write alliteration. There's two oh, SAT there. words in there. <laughs> It's good. It's good. Yeah. You might have, you might have won the five word game for the week. <laughs> so, yes, it is Tyler Durden and I I struggled with this because first of all he's imaginary, spoiler alert, whatever. Um, but I don't know something about him like I had a hard time deciding like is this because it's Brad Pitt that I think he's fun and funny. But like he's not a traditional pick for sure, but I found him to be hilarious. Like he's he definitely has charm and cool factor because he's Brad Pitt, you know, see Rusty in Oceans. Um, but there's just something about like the glibness and disregard for everything and his attitude that I find to be really funny. Like he delivers really poignant, serious information, but like it, for, it makes me laugh. Dude, I think about one of the things that stuck with me is he's talking in the beginning of the movie about his theory of why planes have, have oxygen masks. Do you remember that scene? Oh, it's to it's it's so everybody can pass out gracefully or something like that. Right. It's because oxygen gets you high. Right. So if it, so, everybody free. But like he ends it with he uses I don't remember the exact wording, but like the, the last sentence is as calm as Hindu cows. And like I just remember laughing so hard at that choice of language, and he delivers lines like that throughout the entire movie. Like he's prophetic all the time, but then there's like this like comic edge to his intensity. I don't know. I found him to be very funny. Oh, like very, sure. very funny. Tyler Durden's a funny character. It's a great pick. Uh, it was in, it's funny. I, 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 you said it and I went back scouring through all my notes because I know I had thought about this for a while and I have no idea what happened to me. Like I wrote it down and maybe I just erased that. Yeah. I got auto-corrected into Satan. I don't know what happened. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good choice, buddy. Uh, thank you. The one thing I did think, one thing I thought was really interesting, one quick little poll. Brad Pitt made $17.5 million for, his, for this role. How much do you think Ed, Mor- Ed Norton got paid? Less. A lot less. He made 2.5. Uh, it's funny because I was going to say 10%. I was going to go to 1.75. So, yeah, that's, uh, well, you know, I guess he was the Scotty Pippen of the movie. Oh, I see what you did there. Well done. <laughs> the last says day. the guy who just finished watching The Last Dance. That's right. Only six months after everybody else on the planet watched it. All right. That's right. Next up. <laughs> June 24th, 1987. A okay. Metacritic score 
that I didn't realize would be this low because it's definitely going to throw you off, but it's a 46. That's very low. Now, granted, it's 87, and as we've now started talking about several times, comedies in the 80s scored poorly on Metacritic, and this one, I guess, even more poorly than most. But I still think it's fairly undeserved. Anyhow, my spreadsheet's got a 58. The cast includes Joan Rivers. Okay. Dick Van Patten. Okay. You got it already. Darn it. I, and I, uh, what? I was, was going to say Bill Pullman was my third. Love Bill Pullman. What's your five words? My five words. And again, my shtick with five words starts changing shortly. But for this one, it was... <laughs> see, I was hoping you wouldn't get it from the actors because I really thought that the five words would be fun. So here are the five words. Okay. Ready? Pizza. Barf. Vespa. Yogurt. Star. So that is a great five words. Uh, I have, it, I'm assuming we're picking the same person, which is, are you picking, it's Dark Helmet from Spaceballs? Correct. Okay. So mine was Stealing Princess and Air. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was I was trying to think of what to do and I started, I, I really wanted to play off the barf thing because that's, that's so Candy's character. And I was yeah. looking at all the different character names. I'm like, oh, I could just do like a sort of noun thing here in a way. It's great. I love it. Absolutely love it. So Dark Helmet's a great character. If you haven't seen Spaceballs, I don't know what you're waiting for. Am I wrong? Like 40, what did I say? 46? It's Feels, too low. Right? It's Mel Brooks. It's not Mel Brooks' best by a long shot, but it's still no. not a four. It's 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 definitely not a 46. I'd be interested to know, like, so my opinion, Blazing Saddles is his best work. I'd be interested yeah. to know like what Blazing Saddles got, right? Because if like Blazing Saddles is only in the 60s, then I guess this probably is in the 50s somewhere. But if Blazing Saddles is in the 70s or 80s, where I think it should be like mid 70s, then this should probably be in like the the high 50s to low 60s. I, I'm going to say you're really close. Would you like to submit one specific guess for the for the win? I'm going to go 74. Oh, so close, 73. So okay. Good, so yeah, if Blazing Sales is seventy three, I'm sorry, Spaceballs is not a forty six. It's not. It's not. They're not that. They're not that divergent. I agree. I agree. So, so I like Dark Helmet. He was definitely my turning point into uh, villains that we can laugh at. He does have yep. some phenomenal lines, right? The why are you always waiting? Why? God, I can't even do the quote right now. And I had it written down. Just do it. Uh, anyhow, he has some great quotes of his own. He, he has great physical humor, like when the, the helmet slaps down on his face while he's talking. Yep. The way the way he plays this, for lack of a better word, whiny overlord is so good. Like, I hate jam. Like, uh, like no, we've been jammed. I hate yogurt. He hates yogurt. I don't remember the chant. We've been jammed, we've right? Because they put the jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the way he also plays the... The I don't listen to anybody, you know, just go to ludicrous speed, all those kind of things. It's so good. So he's funny to laugh with and to laugh at. One of Rick Moranis' definite best performances. And uh, I'm sticking with Spaceballs. I, yeah, so I had a feeling if I could have guessed that this one would have been in your top five, I think I I would have put this towards the top just because it it checks all the boxes of big 80s movie, good 80s cast, like, Mel Brooks. It's all the things that like, I feel like I love this movie and I think it's a great pick because he's hysterical. Like to, 
to parody that as well as he did and still stand out with like certain lines and stuff, I think is like a triumph. And also we love Rick Moranis. Truth. All right. My next one is July 9th, 2003 with a 63% on Metacritic. Say that date one more time for me. July 9th, 2003 with a 63% on Metacritic. Okay, go on. I'll give you Angus Barnett and Mackenzie Crook. That's Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it is. Mackenzie Crook's the guy with the with the glass eye. That's right. Yeah, I I, I bizarrely know him because he was in The Office UK, and that's what. And then Pirates came out. I was like, that's that same guy. And then for some reason, I knew his name. Yeah. So this is Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl again. And this time. Not Jonathan Price, the uh, the uptight British guy. No, I'll give you the five words. But you have heard of me. Oh, Jack Sparrow himself. Jack Sparrow. Okay, here's my on. pitch. Where, yeah, I wouldn't. Okay, I'll I'll give you the floor, sir. Here's my pitch. If you are anyone but Jack Sparrow, Jack Sparrow is the villain in this movie. A hundred percent. He's the mm. villain for. For, for for young William Turner, he's the villain against the, he's at least the antagonist at the very least for Barbosa. The entire British Navy or the not British but whatever the Indian Trading Company hate him. He's a villain and he's hysterical. Oh, he's all the time. Yeah, once you once you switch the light of how he's a villain, it's a it's a slam dunk pick for sure. And and in the uh, nuance that we've been talking about a few times over of like what would the consequences be? The absolute best case for Jack Sparrow is they let him live in exile on an island somewhere. There's best case, like over and over again. And if he ever gets off, they're just going to put him on a smaller island. There's no chance that he is left unscathed because he rescued somebody or did this. Like no chance. That's a good pick. Yeah, he yeah. Is I just hysterical. Well, that's the thing is, is like so the possible Captain Jack Sparrows. I thought this was interesting. Michael Keaton. Nope. Jim Carrey, uh, totally different. I could see it, but it would have been totally it would have been a whole lot more camp and a whole yeah. lot less whatever it turned into. Christopher Walken, it only would have worked for the first one. The franchise would have died because he's like a hundred years old. Um, and then Matthew McConaughey, which I actually do think would have been different, but very funny. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I think it's funny because everyone you've named, I could see a movie. I could have seen a Pirates of the Caribbean with Michael Keaton as uh, as Jack Sparrow, but you have more. You would have more traditional action adventure. And, I mean, he's a funny guy, actually. Multiplicity, we've talked about multiplicity. Yeah. yeah, I could see Matthew McConaughey because he's got that same laid back kind of you know sonorish kind of vibe. But yeah. I don't think anybody could have done what the Johnny Depp did. Like, listen, if you haven't seen these movies, I climb out oh. from under a rock and see at least one of them. But like the biggest, here's the two things I pulled. And I, these are like, this is why it was so perfect. So Johnny Depp came up with Savvy on his own, which is just him being the character. That's like a thing he improvised and then became like a catchphrase. And also at the end of this particular movie, The Curse of the Black Pearl, when he says, bring me that horizon, totally ad-libbed. That's just Johnny Depp being weird and being fun and being funny. And there's something very authentic about this performance because I do think Johnny Depp's a weirdo. And like 
that's kind of why this works, right? Like you kind of buy him being weird, but he's hysterical. Like he's one of my favorite Disney characters, potentially of all time, specifically live action, because he's just such a weird guy. He's like every turn. He's funny when he's, he's funny to laugh at. He's funny to laugh with. He picks on people. He picks on himself. He kind of knows he's a, he's a mess. I don't know. I just, it was weird because I thought about Barbosa and then I was like, actually Jack Sparrow's better than him back to the scene, the scene stealing. And then I was like, actually, that guy's the worst. Like, he's a villain to everyone in the story but himself. So here we are. That's great. It's a fun (laughs) pick. All right. Going to one of my favorite decades. And the only time I'll delve there today, sir. Oh, interesting. I'm saying sir a lot today. I wonder what's up with that. I like it. July 29th, 1988. Metacritic score of 80. I think it's the highest on my list. Yeah, it's the highest on my list. A spreadsheet of 56. The director I'll give you because it won't help you. His name is Charles Crichton. No relation to Michael. Too bad for him. I'll give you one of the actors, maybe two if you really need it. Uh, That one I'll give you will be Jamie Lee Curtis. And this is 87, you said? Yeah, 88. Oh, is this uh, this Jason? No. No. All right, Jason. I don't know why you. I don't know why you're so. Yeah, Jason wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis in the the horrible Jason in the, movies in the seventies. She was in Halloween. That's what I'm thinking. And about. again yeah, in the twenty. And again in the teens. Right. All right. I forgot that was in the seventies. Whatever, man. That's okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to misguess it with a different eighties movie that you're also not very familiar with. But this one's in Metacritic of eighty, and that's the key thing here. It's a very different category of quality. The quote, or the five words, well, there you go. Uh, The five words is, what was the middle thing? I don't know this. The only thing, like Pretty Woman was in 87. I mean, she wasn't wasn't a bad She wasn't even in that. That's not her. Uh, John Cleese, does that help? I mean, I love John Cleese. I know who he is, but this is not. Wait, him and Jamie Lee Curtis were in the same movie? I give you more people. Michael Palin? I have no idea what's going on right now. I wonder if you haven't seen this. The movie is A Fish Called Wanda. I've seen it once forever ago. Does it Kevin Klein? Kevin Klein. Kevin yeah, Klein. I've seen this like once a very long time ago and couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Oh, that's so disappointing. I, I think this goes back into, I would, I would repitch this to you in a heartbeat. I love this movie. I think it might be the cleverest comedy of the 80s. Like Wow. But because it has that British wit, right? It is. It basically this is basically a Monty Python movie, just grounded more than Monty Python movies were, right? Like it's a little based bit based in some reality. <laughs> yeah, like there's a plot that is continued through the whole story. They don't just abruptly <laughs> decide to either end it or switch to some other story. <laughs> the the sets and props all look pretty legit. Nobody's named Tim, right? So the characters Otto. Otto is the so there's there's four of them and they're they pull they they rob a bank. Otto's the American. He's like the brute of the group, and he's again in this perfect balance of we're laughing at him. Actually, it's only laughing at, but in two different ways. There's sort of us, the audience, laughing at him, and there's actually also his character, his uh his peers in the movie laughing at him. Oh, that's fun. But the best part is Kevin. Klein plays it straight. He plays himself off like he has no idea he's inadvertently funny. 
He has no idea that he's dumb. Like he says dumb things over and over again. And by the end of the movie, they're all correcting him and like, you idiots and all this. But he has this recurring gag of what's the middle part again, where they go through the plan and he just can't remember any of it. Can't remember to drive on the right side of the road. Okay. And he he represents sort of an 80s version of your brash American in an international situation. These days, it's obviously even more exaggerated. But back then, it was just that perfect level of he's an obvious sore thumb, but yet he's, you know, he can make do. Whereas like today's version, you'd probably push it to the extreme and he'd be wrapped up in a flag or something like that. <laughs> but I love Kevin Klein. I always have. He actually won Best Supporting Actor for this for this role. No kidding. No kidding. The director, Charles Crichton, isn't that well known. It turns out he had done a bunch of movies like in the 50s. John Cleese asked him to direct this movie. It then became his biggest and final movie he ever made. I just thought that was kind of neat. Why final? He was old. He was like 80 or something. Because then he died. He died like 10 years later in his 90s. So maybe he was at the tape. Maybe still in the late 70s. I don't remember the exact age, but he was was old and pulled off a great movie. All right. Uh, So this is one that I know I... This has come up a bunch of my in my research. I for some reason I actually like when you said a fish called Wanda, I can see the cover art to this because like anytime you research a funny thing, it always shows up. Like it always, always shows up. And it's one of those movies that I know I don't have enough respect for it because I don't remember it. So I'm gonna have to put this on a I should watch sort of deal for sure. For sure. This is one of those comedies that for whatever reason I, I it doesn't really fit in to the 80s, is the thing. Like we were talking about that the other day, like you got your trading places and stripes and caddyshacks and all these and Fletch. And then you move into like the Ferris Bueller's and home alones and all the, the John Hughes kind of comedies. And then out of nowhere is this movie like fish called one is the eighties and the nineties. I'd say LA story is the same equivalent of just this great comedy that just doesn't really fit into the rest of how comedies are being made. And I'd say it's one of what I'd argue it's one of the best. It should be on more lists than it's, than, than it's on. It'll definitely be on our list more. I'll tell you that much. Interesting. So would do you think that like Garden State is kind of like that? Because I feel like Garden State is very well regarded, but it doesn't really fit the time. Like it, not other movies were made like that because it is a comedy, but it's like a weird comedy in comparison to every, like all the teen comms that were coming out at the time. Yeah, I think that's fair. The Garden State, you'd almost argue, is parallels to other late 90s kind of comedies. Like I'd put Garden State up there – this is going to sound weird because the movies are nothing alike. It's like a swingers. It's 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 just a kind of a quirky story about some quirky people doing some quirky stuff, you know. Fair. And That's and, you, and you're right though. The rest of the movies that came out around that time, that is your kind of Apatow heyday and things like that. So yeah, good observation. Well, yeah, I was trying to orient it because I don't, you know, like L.A. Story I know, but not in comparison. So I was trying to think. That's actually funny though. I never thought, but there is like a swingers. Anyway, that's fun. That's fun. That's a good thank you. That helps me. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. My next one is May 6th, 2011, with a 57 on Metacritic, which I think is fair, but I want it to be a little higher, but it's not. 57? Oh, yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's go. I'll give you Anthony Hopkins and Renee Russo. What year again? 2011? Rene Russo. This is after <laughs> Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. 
I, I'm feeling like I know what this is, and it's stu- it's stuck out of my head. So, so let's hear the five words. Bad brother, world destroyer, wonderful. Bad brother, world destroyer, wonderful. Nothing. No, it's sitting there. I can picture it now. I'm I'm just I'm utterly blanking on what movie we're talking about. But I, I it's gonna bother me this moment you say it. So go for it. All right, so I actually think you might be thinking of something different. I'm thinking of Thor and Loki. I was thinking of something different, but I actually again had Thor and Loki in my original cut and I just sort of slowly dropped him out. Uh it's a great pick. I I, I think he's in the spreadsheet actually but didn't quite make the final keeping the list not too long. So we don't have yet another two hour long episode. (laughs) Fair. Well, yeah, listen, when I, when you said this category, this is the first person I thought of. Loki is a villain. He is absolutely hysterical. Tom Hiddleston is a treasure and I absolutely adore him. He's so much fun. Like, I don't know. He's just witty and effervescent. And like, he makes the scene that he's in, whether he's a good, bad, he almost made my rooting for bad guy list, but he's just so bad that I couldn't bring myself to do it. Like I want him to succeed, but just not the way he wants to succeed. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's fair. No, it's a great pick. My, by the way, the first two that came to mind were Loki and Joker. Like those are my instincts. Yeah. You know, we got to go with them. And then no, it's a great choice. And Tom Hilston's so good in that role. Dude, he's so good. So my the one piece of trivia that I, I I hope you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. So the director of this was Sir Sir Kenneth Branagh, which is cool, right? So there's two sirs, Sir him and Sir Anthony Hopkins just wandering around set, which I think is fun. So when he got the call to be the director, uh, he was actually working in the West End with Tom Hiddleston. And so one night... Hiddleston like ran into his dressing room after they made the announcement that he was going to be the director and had like a water cooler on his head and was carrying like a stage prop and said, come on, Ken, what do you think? Like pretending to be uh, Thor. And apparently he said, uh, Brana said, you never know, darling, stranger things have happened. And then two months later called him and said, I want you to be Loki. <laughs> That's awesome. That's Isn't that neat? Part. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's, He's definitely in your. If we were to do like top five characters of the MCU, which, oh, Loki, which is kind so of interesting. Good. That for that, sure. That like that's an MCU list I could get get into. Yeah, that would be fun. That would actually oh. be a lot of fun. I'll jot that down for you. Yeah, you should. You totally yeah. should. So yeah, for that reason, I, I just felt like Loki was a home run. I wasn't sure. Like it's a little on the nose for the category. I feel like it's a little bit of a layup. But also, once I read that story and then. Actually, what happened is I figured out how to have him in Pong because I thought he'd be too easy. And then as I started like just researching this, I wound up reading a bunch. And I just, it reminded me of not just how much I like him in this movie, but every subsequent movie he's in. I just love this character so much. And he's such a jokester, right? Like it leans into the actual mythology of, of Greek mythology. Like that's who Loki was, right? He was a prankster. So he just he, – even though he's a little on the nose, I don't care, Loki. Love it. It's a great one. Although my favorite moment of his is probably the get help in uh, Thor Ragnarok. I hate, <laughs> I hate get help. Oh, it works every time. Yeah. I think my favorite part of his is actually he's not speaking. It's uh, it's when Hulk is just smashing him <laughs> back and forth and back and forth. It's a good one, buddy. All right, you're up. 
I'm picking between my last two. Where do I want to end with? I will, you know what? I'm going to end with the, the first one that was actually in my top five. So I'll do my next, my, which, which one is this on my, on my, of the five, the fourth of five. There's, there's a term for that when it's like the second to last. I don't know. Anyhow, I, I know there's a big word for that. So August 4th. <laughs> You're August so proud 4th. of yourself right now. You're so smug. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a smug moment. I try not to have too many of those, but this one I indulge in a little bit extra. I liked it. It was a penultimate decision, meaning your last one. Just Ooh. kidding. <laughs> August 4th, 2006, with a Metacritic of a 66 and a spreadsheet 52. Okay. My three three of the actors in the movie. Now, with the last one, I have to be with, with your with your pulling space balls. I'm, I, I want you to not get this from the from this part yet, but we'll see. We'll see. Michael Clark Duncan. Okay. Amy Adams. Okay. Already, you got it. I think so. Darn it! And Jack McBrayer was going to be my third. Oh, uh, Jack McBrayer. Yeah. So this has got to be. Um, oh, what was his? His name was uh, Jean Gerard. Yeah. Or whatever Sasha Baron Cohen's guy is from Talladega Nights. That's Ricky Bobby's nemesis. Yeah, Ricky yeah. Bobby. The five words were off-putting to pray to baby. <laughs> Even though that wasn't actually his quote, it's just one of my favorite little moments of the movie. So Sasha Baron Cohen just crushes it in this movie. I think this is our first time seeing him because it definitely was right before Borat came out or right around the same time. I'm gonna, I, I didn't really do enough research this time around to definitively state that. But it was certainly a side of him we hadn't seen, like, acting, right? Even though it turns right. out, obviously, all of Borat is, a, is, is acting, right? And we'd seen him on Ali G's show, but this was, like, a totally different kind of character for Sacha Barrett Cohen to play. You have, you know, to feature film, O'Farrell, Adam McKay, all that kind of stuff. And his delivery, talk about smug. Like, the <laughs> smug French race car driver. First of all, I don't know what it is. The filmmakers especially comedic filmmakers methodology of turning French people into utter caricatures of French people is so well done. It might be because, and I say this as a guy who's been to France many times, it's sort of, there's a little more truth to it than many other stereotypes, right? Like, like American stereotypes sort of work, but sort of don't because we're so big and there's so many people like you've got such a, such a swath of, of stereotypes. French on the France on the other hand, especially like Parisian French, like there's a type. There's a type. I was gonna the secret is Parisian. Yeah. Because the like w- when you put Parisian in front of French, it's it's like it's it's basically on the nose every time. Yeah. <laughs> like And I'm not like a Frenchist nor a Parisianist nor anything like that. It's just funny. Uh, we're we're talking in jest here. And this character like channels that times a hundred, throws him into this bizarrely hysterical racing movie with Will Ferrell as a ridiculous race car driver. And Sacha Baron Cohen comes in and he's, he's perfect. Like he's, he's, he's even keel and his delivery is amazing. And the way he manipulates his face, his facial expressions as an actor are like when he, when, when he looks mean, 
he looks mean. And he also can be comedically mean. And he can also do... And, and, and so anyhow, I think he's just great in the, in the movie. And uh, I, 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 since this movie start, first came out, Ricky Bobby is like, and I don't do it very well, but I've always, I can, I can, I can hear it. And I always have loved hearing that. Uh, This is a great pick. I think you do Ricky Bobby better than you think you do. And Sasha Baron Cohen is a genius, genuinely. So like anytime that you put any comedic list, if, if you find a way to work him in, chances are he probably deserves to be there. He's so good. He's great. He's so good. Yeah. I also love him and Andy Richter in this movie is just one of the funniest little like, random things that they like random decisions where it was like, yeah, I love that they made him gay and that he has like Andy Richter as his husband is like one of the sweetest. And so like they play off each other so well. Uh, Yeah. This is a great pick. Love this pick. Thanks man. All right. Your final pick of the day. I am so pumped because I was saving this one because it's the only one that I got genuinely excited about when I thought of it. And I was like, I really hope he doesn't get this one in front of me because this is like a really good Jeremy pick because I feel like it's a little bit outside of the obvious, but anyway, is, is it Gollum again? No, 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 it's not. Gollum you got me with Gollum a few times. And for a little while I was actually considering having Gollum in here, but I didn't think of him as funny enough. No, Gollum is not funny. He, uh, I did think of it just to be funny on my side to put him in Pong, but I, I did not No, this came out. This movie came out on June 5th of 2009 and it's a 73 on the old Metacritic. Oh, that's a good score. Yeah, it is. Higher than I thought it would be, actually. All right. Give me uh, give me something more. How about Mike Epps and Rob Riggle? What year did you say? 2009. Okay. Um it's it is is it like an Apatow movie? Nope, not an Apatow movie. I just say that a lot. All right, go on. <laughs> uh, I'll give you the five words: doesn't re- misremember memories, remembers revenge. Doesn't misremember memories, remembers revenge. Nothing. Is Rob Riggle a cop in this? Yes. That's a good poll. I, I, you're you're I'm, so close. I can I'm it. struggling. I'm struggling. I I know this is wrong, but I'm just going to say old school. No. So fair. It's a good guess time-wise. It's not old school. So specifically, it is Leslie Chow from The Hangover. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that's, um, what's his name? Ken, Ken Young? Ken Jong, yeah. Jong, right, yes. Yeah, Ken Jong. So I don't know why this one brought me such joy, but like you just never think of him as a villain, specifically because like the the comedies that were not actual comedies, but like the hystericalness of what happened with the second and third one and how like kind of r- ridiculous and absurd they got. But the first one's a really good, good comedy. Like it's a really well written, well done, sort of like Tried and true, hit all the beats. Really, really, really funny. Hands down, what I, one of the best com- If there were already a list of best comedies of this century, it, it should be really high up there. Broke ground, new genre, new every like. It's been effectively plagiarized to death ever since. Uh, hands down. Although the sequels, I think, were dismal, but the first one was amazing. Yeah. yeah, the first one is so good, and Leslie Chow is an 
icon. Like he, like you want to talk about like hysterically quotable scene stealing, which I've talked about both those things today. Cause that's kind of what you think about when I think about like funny villains, dude, this guy's like a monster. Like he's a monster of a person. He, every time he's on screen, he it's him that you're paying attention to. He doesn't have a ton of screen time in this in comparison to literally everybody else. And still somehow is easily the most recognizable character. Like easily the most recognizable character, I think. Yeah, maybe I, Alan. I, well, I would say if you were going to say something like name the top five characters of the Hangover, you do the first four, the four of them, and then you do him. Even though his screen time is probably, I mean, if he's on the screen for like twenty minutes, I'd be shocked. Yeah, it's like so on your on your rubric that would have scored him low. He would have been low because he's not on screen a ton. But I would argue that if you had to say. What are the three, the top five scenes you remember from The Hangover, the first one? I'll bet you he's in three, of three if not more than the five. I have one in particular. When he jumps out of the car naked? That's the one. So, fun story, he improvised nudity in that scene. <laughs> like he wasn't supposed to, he just took off his clothes and jumped out? So he literally was like, he thinks it would be funnier if he jumped out naked to scare everybody and he was supposed to have clothes on. So he did the naked thing instead. Everybody freaked out. And then the director, Todd Phillips, made him sign a nudity waiver just in case he backed out. <laughs> nice. Nice. One, That's great trivia. One, yeah. One small trivia thing that I thought was touching, which is not necessarily the tone of this particular podcast, but it, I think it was worth mentioning. So Ken John's wife was uh, battling breast cancer during the filming of this. And she was actually in L.A. So Bradley Cooper was driving him back and forth from L.A. to Vegas during filming so he could be with his wife and then was like having them stay with him. Wow. So that they could be together. And uh, Ken Jong is on record saying it got him through the most like difficult period of his life. Dude, the Bradley Cooper being a really good guy thread is pretty strong. And I had never heard that before. Lady Gaga, Dave Chappelle. He was at Dave Chappelle's honors, like, and did a really sweet speech about Dave Chappelle when he got the Mark Twain Award. I just read that and went, oh, man, like, I really, really like Bradley Cooper. Yeah, so, Bradley Cooper seems like the kind of celebrity that if you ran into in a coffee shop, he'd be like, no, no, take a seat. Let's chat. What? Tell me about your life. Like, you can just yeah. see him doing that, right? Yeah, he feels like he, like, it's almost like no one told him that he's famous and can be entitled. Yeah. And I like that a lot. But anyway, not the point. Uh, it's a great movie, and Leslie Chow is absolutely hysterical. But he is also, I think people forget that he's the bad guy. He's like, because it's its a weird, it's its weird, right? Alan's the bad guy. But also, Chow is the bad guy because Alan was the bad guy. And then mm. Chow becomes friends with everybody, so people forget of him as being the bad guy. But he was a bad guy. Like, he was the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. you're right. He turns over the course of the movie, but that's okay. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And by the way, I, I do this a lot, but I have a friend named Ken Young. So that's where <laughs> that's <laughs> totally like, reasonable. I get the wrong name in my head all the time. All right. Finishing it up May 2nd, 1997, with a okay. met Metacritic of 51 and a lowly 50 in the spreadsheet. But the spreadsheet didn't have that much range this week. I'll give you, gosh, now I just don't want you to get them from the cast alone. So I'm going to not name one of the people. I'll only name. Mimi Rogers and Seth Green. What year is this? 97. Austin Powers? Darn you. Yeah. Seth Green was too obvious. Well, I had Liz Hurley. The problem is... Wouldn't have, got, wouldn't have gotten that. Really? 
Yeah, Seth Green's in my wheelhouse. Liz Hurley, I definitely would not have. I would have never would have gotten that poll. The five words were, I'm boss. Need the info. <laughs> so, Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. As I started writing down things, the moment Dr. Evil entered my, my uh, little brain space was top of the list, going to be in the top five, no matter what any darn spreadsheet had to tell me. So, here he is. He's hysterical. It, it's Again, it's the combined... He's actually funny. He's laughed at. He's laughed with. Mike Myers is great in this movie. It's probably, I guess this is his best or Wayne's World. I'm not sure. But it's, what a great character. Yeah, I, I think that's perfectly said. Uh, it This is a weird omission because I did have him in Pong at one point and now he's not in Pong and I don't know why, but he's just not there. Um, it's great. I mean, this movie could not have been more, I mean, 97, awesome power. I'm 12. Like, I, there is nothing about this movie I didn't absolutely adore in every way, shape, and form. So you are right in me and my sister's wheelhouse with this thing. So for sure, Dr. Evil. Yeah, I'm trying to picture watching this as a 12-year-old. Your mind must have been blown. Just blown. Blown away. Yeah. Blown away. Now I kind of want to show the kids. You should. I don't know if I should be around for it. Maybe just be like... Just you can watch this and not tell me you watched this or something. I don't know. I don't know. Not really. I don't know. I don't remember. Like tr- looking back, there's definitely some lewd humor that, like, I'm sure at 12 went over my head, and now as an adult, I would watch back and go, "Ee." Um, but for the most part, it's it's. It, I mean, it's Mike Myers. It's fun, right? Like right. it's it's very like it's it's sophomoric, but it's fun sophomoric. It's not like. You know, it's not like Rick and Morty sliding in some real, real dumpster fire jokes. <laughs> right. And, and look, the kids don't really follow it. It's just sort of a thing that's said that they sort of know means something, but not really. So exactly. Exactly. That was a great pick. I like it. Thanks, man. Should we uh, play a game of, would you like to play a nice game of Pong? Let's get into Contender Pong. Uh, I'll go first. November of 1991. Humid hooligans harass pre-adolescent. We're proud of this one. I'm proud of this. Uh, I think I know what it is. And I think it's Harry. It's our calling card. Yeah. <laughs> the wet bandits. Humid hooligans. Bandits. Yeah. 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 So Har- Harry and Marv, I just had as a team because they're, they're basically one person. I did too. I've, I, I wrote down wet bandits as a team. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Well, I had it, so you get to go again. Okay. Uh, let's do June of 83. Swapping survival for singles. June of 83. So this is definitely my... This is one of mine. Oh, yeah. Swapping survival for singles. 83... I mean, 83 feels like it might be trading places, but I can't. It is trading places, yeah? It is, yeah. So it's Mortimer and Randolph, because they did actually make me laugh. Those talking singles. Oh, that's really good, JT. <laughs> I thought I thought something totally different. That is that is one of you. That's, you know, put that down on the uh, Gold Star Award right there. Oh, that's thank great. you. I feel really, I, I'm really proud of some of my fives this week. <laughs> So this one is 1998, Metacritic of 69, Former Nerd Investigates Prom Queen. 98? Yeah. Former Nerd 
investigates prom queen. I have no idea. Something about Mary. Uh, Matt Dillon. Former nerd. Oh, that's right. Matt Dillon's character. That's a good one. Oh, I, I totally missed that. This yeah, was great. he was funny. This was like vying for sixth spot for me. But the truth is I've only seen this movie a couple of times. I just don't know it well enough. And so I went with the ones I know more. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good one. I totally forgot about that. Uh, all right, let's do 1996. Putt, putt, pew, pew. You got you to gotta, you gotta look because I'm doing this. This helps. I'm doing finger guns for those of you who can't see me, which is everyone. You're doing Shooter McGavin. Yeah, there he is. I thought Shooter McGavin was actually pretty funny. Like, when, like funny. as you got older, I'm like, yeah, he's kind of right. <laughs> he's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I did that one already. So 1989, Metacritic of 69. Never rub another man's rhubarb. Never rub another man's rhubarb. First of all, highly suggestive five-word description. Uh, I have absolutely no idea. It's the other Batman movie with Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Who? Oh, Okay. Who was actually pretty funny in the role. Not different, different, a lot more like kind of zingy one line, 80s style kind of thing. Yeah. But they're certainly good enough for Pong. Yeah, for Pong, for sure. That's that's fair. Uh, all right, let's do October of 2004 with a 64%. Autocrat joins actors to subjugate. <laughs> that's a great description. Autocrat... I don't know. Uh, this is Kim Jong-il from Team America World Police. <laughs> ah, yes. I haven't seen that movie enough. That's a good choice. 1987, Metacritic of 77, uh, 250th of all time on the IMDb, which I thought was interesting because oh, wow. it's the last point at which they track that. Yeah. Doesn't mean what he thinks. <laughs> he didn't fall. Inconceivable. That's the one. <laughs> Yeah. Gazzini. Gazzini from Princess Bride. <laughs> All right. I had that one, so you can go again. All right. 97, Metacritic of 71. All 78 million of them. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because this quote is definitely a thing that I know, but I can't for the life of me figure out what it's from. I don't know. I don't know. Men in Black. It's uh, That's. Ah, I literally was going to say it and I didn't. I'm like, no, it's not that. Ah, whatever. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, I think, does a great job as the bug. Yeah, sugar water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, All right, let's do August of 2009 with a 69%. Awful guy. Great comedic timing. Sometimes burning theaters creates joy. Yeah, Colonel Hans Landa. From uh, Glorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, all right. That means me again. So 2004 with a 55% on the Metacritic. Built Empire bleeds own blood. Nobody makes bleed own blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. White Goodman from Dodgeball. Yep. All right. What about 2008 with a 71 on Metacritic? He doesn't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> this one's a little bit of a stretch. It's is it Air Force One? No, screen time would be very, very low on this. It's a comedy. It's definitely a comedy movie. 
but he's like the bad. He's like a bad guy. I don't know. This is uh, Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder. Oh, <laughs> that's a good character. Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah, little, little mixed bag on the antagonistic role, but you know, I'll take it. Plus, he's funny. Yeah. It's well, it's just Pong, and he was a he was clearly like a villainous character, so like he never would have been top five, but I wanted to include him. 1996, Metacritic of 43, which again I found kind of low. Bowling movie that's not Lebowski. Oh, um, oh god, god, come on, GT. It's Bill Murray. That's the one. Right? I can but hold on. I want to get the name of the movie though. Is it Kingpin? No, it is. is Okay, all right. I've only like seen I've only seen that like maybe twice, maybe. Same, but it's it's such a good performance. It's Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just see his hair. All I can see is his like big, goofy hair. Is the, all I can think of when a you said that or something. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Uh, July of two thousand three, a thirty eight mm-hmm. on Metacritic. Having fun with funeral accessories. I don't even know if you've seen this movie. That doesn't sound like something I've seen. All right, so this is Juan Carlos or Johnny Tapia from Bad Boys 2. I actually thought that character was very funny. It's very possible I've seen Bad Boys 2. I can't, uh, other than uh, I'm guessing that uh, Will Smith does some stuff and so is Mark. Yeah, so (laughs) Bad Boys 2 is is funny because it really leaned into the Fast and Furious nonsense. Like this is where they turn this one up to 11. This movie is so ridiculous. It's so stupid, but... I actually really did like the bad guy in this. Like, he's like a good bad guy. He's funny. He's mean to his henchmen. Like, he's funny. Like, it's a good performance. All right. All right. Mike Lowry. Yeah. 19, 1992, Metacritic of 57. You're a lucky man, Mr. Vanderoff. I love that you're doing quotes, and it's making me sad that I'm getting so many wrong. Uh, 92, Mr. Vanderoff. No idea. It's Rob Lowe's character in Wayne's World. Oh, he's like the swarmy boyfriend of the guitar lady. Yep. Has some awesome one-liners. And again, just steps. He, he's like, he plays it so Rob Lowe that like he lets everybody else make the jokes off him. And he's great. That's very funny. It just made me think of this, which I've never thought of before. But he, the guy who plays the son in Tommy Boy, who's actually the who's actually the husband of the woman that she married, is basically doing a bad Rob Lowe impression. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, I don't know who that is either, but yeah, that's right. That's what it, like, all of a sudden I was like, oh, he was in, oh, no, he wasn't. That guy's just doing a really bad Rob Lowe. Anyway. Discount Rob Lowe. Discount Rob Lowe. Discount Rob Lowe, exactly. Uh, All right, let's do February of 2014 with a 66, the ultimate two-faced villain. This is a, I'm, I'm proud of this. This is a funny five. What's the Metacritic? Uh, 66. It's high. No idea. Uh, okay, so this is Bad Cop from the Lego movie who's actually two-faced. <laughs> so, interesting. First of all, I have a Metacritic for, for Lego movie of 83. Um, I probably just got it wrong then. You might check that. I had uh, Taco Tuesdays coming next week. So were you going with the actual bad guy, which yeah. is Will Ferrell's character? Yeah. The cop was probably funnier, but, you know, Ferrell's in the whole movie and it's Will Ferrell. So he's just... Fun. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. Uh, yeah, I definitely probably just had that wrong, by the way. Uh, all right. So July of 2005 with a 64%. 
Uh, Saver of Seals, hell of a fullback. I used hyphens to make that five, by the way. <laughs> Is that, I'm like, there, there's definitely too many words. Saver of Seals. Yep. Hell of a fullback. What year? Uh, 2005. Well, it's not the replacements. We know that much. No, it's not. I don't know. What is it? Uh, so I'll give, what if I told you Maryland does crab cakes and football? <laughs> now I know it, but now I, but I still don't know it. It's like, uh, what, what movie is this? All right. So speaking, we, we talked about him earlier. So this is Sack Lodge from Wedding Crashers, which is Bradley Cooper's character. Right. Yes. Oh, <laughs> That's definitely laughing at, and he's a like he's horrible. But you're laughing at how ridiculous he is, and that's why I thought it was funny. That's a good one. It's fun. 1986 Metacritic of 52. You will die like dogs. I have no idea. Three amigos. El Guapo. El Guapo. Oh, that's fun and a mess. I was going to do the plethora. Well, I was going to do the plethora quote, but I figured that was too much of a giveaway. Uh, That I would have gotten immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say I have a plethora? <laughs> uh, let's let's do November 2010 with a 63. Big head, surprisingly bigger heart. <laughs> Big head, surprisingly bigger heart. Is it one of those Funko Pop toys? Uh, sort of, kind of. <laughs> it's what he, looks, what he looks like. No, this is a Megamind. This is a Will Ferrell again. You this know, I... Of all of those, that's the one I didn't see. I've saw I've saw like Despicable Me, and that's the one that people say is actually much better than the others. Yeah, Megamind is actually like on second watch. Like I watched it when it first came out, I think, which you know, whatever. And I've watched it like two or three times again, and I'm like, oh, this is actually like a pretty well written movie. <laughs> like it's actually pretty tight. Like it's pretty good. Nice. I'll go to one that's not very good. Great. 1995 Metacritic of 51. The Gamester. Question mark, man. So is this uh, Enigma? This is Jim Carrey from whatever Holy Rusted Metal Batman that was? That's the one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> The Riddler from Batman Forever. Yeah, from Batman Forever. Okay. Well done. Nice pull there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's do June of 99 with a 59%. This is an easy quote. Get in my belly. Austin Powers. Uh, I don't know his name. The fat guy. Fat bastard. Fat bastard. I'm like the fat guy because that's like what he is. Right. All right. I uh, I apologize there if you are after revert back out of coding mode. That's fine. I did my best. I'm in for it. All right. You did great. Thanks, man. 2011. Met- oh, this is my highest Metacritic. Metacritic of 83. Whoa. Orphan lives in train station. Orphan lives in. Tra- what year is this? 2011. 2011 and an orphan who lives in a train station. Wow, this is going to be one of those ones that annoys me when you say it, but I don't know. It's Hugo, and the bad guy is Sasha Baron Cohen. And uh, I've never does, seen that. It's not great. I mean, actually, it's funny. It's 83, so I guess most people think it is pretty great. I felt it was just a little long and slow in, in a lot of different ways, but Sasha Baron Cohen's great in it. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, let's do... December of 2002, a 72 on Metacritic, took the father, taking son. What year? Uh, 2002. 
Well, it's not taken. Nope. It's not the Lion King. Nope. I'm out of father son guesses right now. This is Bill the Butcher Cutting from Gangs of New York. Oh, you know, I never saw that. It's really long, but it's actually a pretty good movie. But it's also in that like very violent category, is what I recall. Um, you know what? Actually, no. no? It's not there's a couple scenes, but it's not like Kill Bill Tarantino style. Like there's a couple where it's like, oh yeah, this is definitely like a fight scene, but there's also a lot of just really, really di- it's Scorsese. There's a lot of dialogue. All right, I'll give it a shot. I think I, I think there's also the There Will Be Blood was also around the same time. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. That one uh, title is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to save this one as my last one, so I'll skip. Oh, <laughs> 1994, Metacritic of 42, sipping tea, playing patty cake. I have no idea. I went to the hardest quote I could find since you got so clearly the definition of a yachting shoe. Oh, okay. So PCU. Oh, so Randall. This is David Spade when he starts ranting on the mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's great. I can't believe I didn't think of a PCU character in this. What a what an absolute mist. That just now is the closest I've ever come to cursing on the podcast. Wow. I, it, it just dawned on me and I almost I, I almost just let go. That was that's annoying that I didn't think of him. Oh, that is so annoying. That's a great pick. I almost did what's her name too. Um, I gave one this. I'm thinking all I get in my head is Lucille Bluth. Uh, Jessica Walters. Sorry. <laughs> Jessica Walters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost did her too, but I think Rand's got funnier lines. No, for sure. Yeah, she's not funny. She's miserable. He's hysterical. Uh, all right. This is my last one. So March of 2012 with a 69% on Metacritic, the highest of high schoolers. I happen to know that you actually really like this movie. Oh, really? Say it. Yeah, you do. 2012? Yep, this is March of 2012 with a 69% on Metacritic. And he is the highest of high schoolers. It's a little bit of a plot clue in the title or in the um, description. I was thinking for a sec, like Days Confused or something like that, but that's way different time zone. Time yeah. zone? Era? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's getting late. That was going to annoy me. What what is it? All right. So this one is, this is my last one. This almost snuck into my top five, but I decided the Johnny Depp thing, Barbosa thing was more fun for a top five. Uh, This is Eric Molson from 21 Jump Street. This is uh, Dave Franco's character. And I really, really, really liked him both as a character and the performance, but he was funny. And like the Rob Riggle scenes were really funny. He's funny, dude. Like he's really funny. You know, the fact that it's come up again recently a few times, I feel like I got I to gotta rewatch it soon. Like, I kind of want to watch it again now. All right, I've got, I think it's three, one, two, three more to go. Let's go. All right, 1986, Metacritic score of 61. Pucker up, Buttercup. Oh, uh, I can't think of the name. It's uh, Jeffrey Jones, the Prince Ed Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep, Okay. Okay, 1981, Metacritic of 68. Lighten up, Francis. Oh, this is going to make me really sad because that quote is so obvious. And this is like this is like Gen X, like central. Like that's a that's a giveaway. Like nobody older than you right now doesn't know what movie I'm talking about. 
No, I know. I can feel it. I can, I can feel the disappointment radiating through my bones right now. Uh, is it, I don't know. I, all I can think of is military movies and it's not coming to mind. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Lighten up, Francis. Give me a second. You're in it, genre. It's not Stripes. Is it Stripes? It's Stripes. I always do that. Why do I always do that? I don't know. I don't know. For you, the phrase, it's not, might as well be, it is. It's about to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stripes, Sergeant Hulka. And uh, thanks to Jeff for the reminder on that one. <laughs> and then I think this will be my last one, just because the character is one of my favorites of all time. And I saved this for last because didn't quite make my top five. But 1978, with a Metacritic score of 79, Pledge pin on your uniform. All right. So this ha- is this Revenge of the Nerds or, or no Animal House? Animal House. Niedermeyer. Sorry. Yeah. Niedermeyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yep. It, fair. It's a, it's a bit more like wet lipped ple- pledge <laughs> pin. I can't do it at all. Pledge <laughs> pin. I'm spitting all over my mic and screen and everything here. <laughs> Such a great character. I don't know if you see, this is before your time. They revived Niedermeyer for a music video with Twisted Sister in the 80s. Do you know Twisted Sister? Oh, did they really? I know who Twisted Sister is, yeah. Go watch, uh, I'll try to figure out which of the videos, one of their two songs. It's uh, one of those. Well, we're not going to take it? I think it's we're not going to take it. That would track with the character. Like, that would make sense. D. Snyder. Hey, well, funny enough, that leads us into what is our top five for next week pretty beautifully, uh, which it is my turn to pick. Yeah. Is it movies featuring D. Snyder? It's actually a D. Snyder list. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but it does have to do with music because we all know that I love music. So next week, we're going to do the top five individual songs that made a scene. Ooh, I, I've got. Okay. In. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we just record? Think it, can we just record this one tonight? Because I'm ready. Like I could probably do this like in the next like two hours. <laughs> like I'd almost not prep and do this episode, but that's that would that wouldn't turn out the high quality performance that we like to do on this here cast. That's a great no. choice. I'm very happy. I'm smiling all over the place with this one because it hits your wheelhouse, which is music, and it lets me play too because it's also a very personal kind of thing. So good. yeah. I also think this kind of leans almost better. It leans nicely into both of our wheelhouses. And yes, the music thing for me, but I feel like the eighties very often your generation was so much better about incorporating music into film in meaningful ways. Whereas like the, the stuff that I grew up with was, it was more like, Hey, this song goes with this movie versus like the eighties where I feel like there were certain directors specifically who were hyper specific about the song in the moment and when stuff hit. So I'm actually, I think this will blend nicely for both of us. We're going to have a good time. And it's funny because the very first one that came to my mind, by the way, that like, which will absolutely be, might even be a Shawshank was the one that went straight into my head is not an eighties movie. So. Oh, funny because the one that went to my mind, which I think is a Shawshank is an eighties movie. (laughs) Well, we're just going to have to see how this develops. Uh, Yeah. We'll see how this works out. But uh, outside of that, Jer, pleasure is always a great time. With all that said, thanks for joining the Lo-Fi Top 5, folks. See you next week. You know why I came to America, Ricky Bobby? Public schools, healthcare system, giant water parks. I mean, the same reason anyone comes to America. I came here for you to beat me.
What the hell are you talking about? My husband Gregory and I wish for only that which every other couple wish for. To retire to Stockholm and design a currency for dogs and cats to use. But before I can do that... That's dumb. It's not dumb. It's just dumb. Why is it dumb? I don't know. But before I can do that, I must be beaten by a driver who's truly better than me. So you're gonna lose to me on purpose? No. No? No!